And so, Father, we praise you, Lord God. And we pray to you, Father. And we sing to you, Lord God. And it's for your glory, Lord God. Because we are your people, Lord God. And this is yours. Only you are sovereign. Only you can make it rain. Only you can turn it to snow. Only you can cause the wind to blow and tell it when to stop. Lord God, it is all you. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That was just, it was just, they're just these prayer songs that I think sometimes we forget to pray. <laughs> we sing them so well. We sound so great. It sounds so amazing. But we, I think we forget to pray. Let me ask you, why is it easier to sing those songs, all right, than it is to actually pray those words and those, and those, 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 those points and those ideas and those commitments, you know, when we're alone. I mean, it gets real easy, I mean, you know, to, to join in, all right, and to sing these songs together, but when it comes time to pray alone and talk to God like this, it seems to get a little bit harder. Let me ask you, do you ever, do you ever know that, that, that you should be talking to God, but you're just not sure that you can? Right? You know that you should be talking to God, but you're just not really quite sure that you can or, or you know, uh, but, 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 but you know what? You feel, maybe you feel like, you, you know what? Uh, you're just not you know, in the right spot or in the right place in life or you're just not good enough that day to talk to God or maybe you feel like, you know what? You know, if, if, if he, he ain't even trying to hear from me right now or, or maybe you think that you're just not good with words. I'm just not good with words. You ever tell yourself that? Uh, you pray, I'm just not good with words. Well, you got enough, you used enough words to get you this far. Whether you said them, wrote them down or made signs or right, whatever it is, you got here by words, all right? And so I don't know if that really is, you know, an honest statement. Or, or maybe, you know what, to be really, really honest, you just don't know how. Sometimes you do. Maybe sometimes you do. Maybe sometimes you just don't know how to talk to God. I mean, how do you approach the creator of the universe? All right, how does imperfection, all right, come before pure holiness? What do you do with that? Right? I remember years ago, man, I, I didn't know how to talk to God. I didn't know how to talk to God. All right? I knew people who did know how to talk to God, but I didn't really know how to talk to God. I, I yelled at him a lot and once in a while, but I really didn't know how to talk to him. All right? I didn't even know if I should talk to him, but what I did know is that I needed to talk to God. I know that I needed, I needed to talk with him. And so I, I approached God. I remember 27 years ago, almost 28 years now. All right, actually, I think it is 28 years now. And I remember approaching God just raw, unfiltered. I remember approaching with him, desiring to talk with him. All right, desiring to talk with him. I wanted to talk with God. I wanted to listen to God, and I wanted to look for God. All right, I wanted to see what he was saying to me and what he had to say to me, and I wanted to just, you know, to, to, to go his way. I wanted to try and go his way. Before that, all I was, do, all I was doing was talking at God. You ever do that? Just talk at him, man. Just, I just talk at God, and then ignore what he says, and then walk away when I'm done. 
That wasn't working for me, obviously. And it wasn't working for God either. And I came to understand the simple fact about prayer, a simple fact about prayer that it is actually communion with God. And I started to think about my conversations with other people. And, if, and, and you know what? I recognized that if I was the only one talking in every conversation I ever had, it wouldn't be long until I had no one to talk to, right? <laughs> wouldn't be long until no one wanted to listen or talk with me. And I came to understand that prayer wasn't, ex- wasn't as hard as I thought it was. Somebody said this, and I've kind of modified it a little bit, but I, I believe it's still true. Prayer is so simple that the smallest child can pray. But it is so great that the mightiest man or woman of God will never truly have mastered it. What I know about prayer is that anyone can pray. And another thing that I know about prayer is everyone has room to grow in their prayers. You just have to want it. You just have to want it. I remember 10 years into my faith, I met a man whose prayers just blew me away. All right, his name was Bobby, man, and, and, and he would pray for me in a way. He, I remember one time, like, I literally, uh, I've told you this story before, but I, I was dying. I had three major deadly blood diseases uh, that were uncurable, literally, three of them. Okay, couldn't have just one, all right, had three. And I was kind of going to the doctors and stuff like that, was, you know, trying to figure out some stuff. And this guy comes up to me and says, I've been praying for you. And I didn't really know him that well. And he said, I've been praying for you. I've been waking up, he said, in the middle of the night. About, and God has had me praying for somebody. I didn't know your name. I didn't know who you, well, what you looked like. But he's had me praying for somebody who had, you know, these problems. And I'd just been praying. He says, I've been praying. Wake up at about midnight and we'll pray till like three or four in the morning for you. And I was like, how do you even do that? I was 10 years into my faith. I was, you know, I was a youth pastor, all right? I was actually, you know, kind of moving and grooving in this, in this church life and stuff like that in leadership. I was a praying person, but I couldn't understand how this guy would wake up in the middle of the night, be okay with that, first of all, and then pray for somebody he did not know for three to four hours. And then he came and he told me that God had healed me. And for some reason, I believed them. It wasn't because of the wild stories about prayer, but for some reason, I believed them, right? I believed them. And sure enough, the next time I went to the doctors, they said that they had tested my blood and there was nothing in there. Everything was gone. And I was like blown away. And they said, well, come back in a year and we'll test it again. I go, you ain't never gonna see me again because God has healed me and I ain't giving the enemy another chance to say, well, maybe, no. You know, but I did, you know, later on, about 10 years later, 12 years later, I did get tested again, and sure enough, still gone. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. But yes, I'm talking about the dude who was praying. I'm talking about prayer, though. Because I asked this guy, man, man, will you teach me to pray? He says, you know how to pray. And every time I would have this major thing in my life, I would go to Bobby. What do you think the Lord says about this? What do you think? The... And he would pray, and he would let me know what God, was, what God was putting on his heart through his word and through prayer. And sure enough, I, it would be exactly what God was doing in his church and in my life and the family, all right? And I just asked him, man, will you teach, you know, that is all. And I kept, I kept coming to him, asking him to pray. Finally, he says, Ernie, you know that you can hear from God too if you just want to, if you, would, if you want to. And so that was the moment I stopped asking him to pray and tell me what God was saying. 
He challenged me to listen more and to look more in my prayers, to listen more and to look more in my prayers. My prayer began from that time on to become more consumed with, with listening more and looking more for God. He taught me to wait on God. But I knew I needed to learn more. Hey, Happy New Year. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) We're in a brand new chapter in the book of Luke. We're in chapter 11. And we're going to take a look where Jesus is actually leading us into learning to pray. His disciples are there with him. He's praying. They ask him to teach him how to pray. And he gives them this simple, you know, kind of an understanding of, of, of what should be included or the ideas that we should approach and express in our prayers. So you want to turn to Luke chapter 11. I'll, I'll pray for us again, and we'll just continue on. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. Lord God, we praise you because only you are praiseworthy, Lord God. You only are praiseworthy, and we are here. We sing songs to you, Lord God, and we mean it, Father. We write songs in our heart, and we mean it, Lord God. Only you are worthy of that praise. And Father, only your name is, is to be honored above all names, Lord God, because only you are set apart, and we, we praise you, and we, and we honor you with our life, Lord God. And Lord, only you get the glory. Forgive us when we try to take the credit of all the cool work that might be done, Lord God, in this world through your church, Lord God, because only you get the glory for it, Lord God, because it is by your Holy Spirit and because of the precious blood of your son, Jesus, that we're even here understanding, saved and, and ready to go with you. Lord God, all praise, all honor, all glory in Jesus' name, the name of our great Savior, the name of our great king, the only one who died and rose again and is with you right now, Lord God. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. We're in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, and it's kind of wild here. All right, here we go. All right, so um, check this out. Here we go. All right, uh, Luke chapter one, verse 11. All right, uh, we've been going through these situations where now we're, we're coming on these different accounts where God you know, is talking to his disciples. Jesus is kind of you know, doing different things. And, and so Luke is kind of jumping around in different points of, uh, of his journey to Jerusalem with his boys. And he comes to this part right here, Luke chapter 11, verse one. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished... One of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Then they added in in this human element, all right, as John taught his disciples, because, you know, they're doing that. But I think the the great statement was, Lord, teach us to pray. When's the last time we said, Lord, teach, teach us to pray or teach me to pray? You know what's crazy is this is the sixth time that Luke records Jesus praying. The first time Jesus is being baptized, he comes out of the water praying. All right? And then several other times you see that Jesus went to desolate places, the plural, often went and went to go pray. He prayed all night before he uh, selected the disciples. All right? And there would be other times where he took a couple of guys with him as he went to go pray in this place. And one time he went up on this mountain, saw some crazy stuff. Or, you know, he, you know the, the boys he took with him saw crazy stuff. But he took them up there to pray. 
All right? This is the sixth time that Luke mentions Jesus is praying, and we have yet to ask the question, why did Jesus need to pray if he is God? Right? Have you ever asked that question? You ever thought about that question? It's a fair question. Why did Jesus need to pray if he is God? You know, and the answer is very simple, but very, very important to ask. It's a very, very important question to ask. And the answer is very, very simple, but very important. I'm going to let Scripture answer our question because I want us to move on to Jesus' response to us asking how to pray. I want to get more involved in this. All right? And, you know, so, so why did Jesus have to pray if he was God? Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 says this. You remember this? He, you know, Paul the apostle is telling the church in Philippi, he's saying, look, have this mind in you all right, that is yours in Christ, who though he was in the form of God, who, meaning he was, he is God, all right, and did, but did not count equality with God as something to just be grasped and to be showed off, he emptied himself, all right, of all those heaven. Remember we said this Christmas, he took off that heavenly crown and came to grab this crown of thorns, all right? He, you know, he, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Okay, so, so we have fully God and fully a person here, all right, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, again, form, fully God, fully human, complete servant of mankind, all right, while being our God. It's pretty wild. And being found in the form, human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. What this tells me is that when Jesus stepped from heaven, all right, being fully God and becoming a human, it tells me that he did not cheat as a human being. He didn't have to cheat. He became fully man, and as a man, he talked with his father, all right, the way we need to talk with the father the same way we need to. John chapter 5, verse 19 says this, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing. All right, here's God saying, I can do nothing of my own accord, but only what I see the father doing. For what the father does, the son does likewise. And so for us, whatever Jesus does, we too do likewise. Amen? Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Why did Jesus have to pray? Read your Bible. Praise the Lord. All right, anyways. All right, 11, Luke 11, verse 1 says this. Now, he says again, let's re review this. Jesus was praying, all right, in a certain place. So Jesus found places, all right, where there was little less or little to less distract or less to little distraction or whatever or no distraction, all right, and, uh, and, and focused on prayer. All right, but I believe we also see that Jesus prayed even while he was walking, even while he was talking. Jesus was always praying. All right, and when he had finished, when he had completed that, that, that prayer, when he had, when he recognized he had time to get up, we have things to go do, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. My, my question is like, these guys have been with Jesus for a couple of years now. They've been hanging out with him. Why did they wait so long to ask how to pray? Or, or why did Jesus even wait so long to, to teach them how to pray? Here's what I know. I have a real truth about prayer is this. You will only learn how to pray if you really want to pray. You'll only learn how to pray if you really want to pray. See, the problem, I think, with prayer for us who are praying people, we think that we've got prayer. Sometimes it just it creeps in sometimes. We've got prayer mastered. We're going on to bigger and, and better things, stronger things, more, de more deep things. You know what? Prayer is the deepest thing you can do. Prayer is the best work you can do. Prayer is the farthest you can go because you're having a conversation with your God, the creator of the universe. 
And so just like the disciples, we need to want to learn how to pray. We need to want to learn how to pray more or, or closer. And because of that, we need, we need to ask. You see, too often prayer becomes like a ritual in our life, an afterthought, kind of like washing your hands before dinner. You'll, you're, sometimes you remember to wash your hands before dinner. Sometimes you're like, who cares? I'm hungry, right? That's the way rituals go, though. I mean, you, don't, you, you forget why you actually do them or if it's even important, and sometimes you tell yourself it's not important. And so when you do do them, they're mindless, they're, they're empty of heart, and you forget how. I remember kicking back at Alberto's one day, <laughs> enjoying a tasty little taco with a buddy of mine. His name was Paul. And, uh, and we started praying. You know, we were just gathering, you know, we were getting into, you know, let's, let's pray, let's thank God for this food, which is important, and we should do it. And uh, I think it's very, very helpful in our walk with God and our closeness with our Father, because he gives us all. But as Paul started praying, Everything he prayed was scripture. He was just praying scriptures, words from the Bible. And, and as he was praying, I actually stopped praying. I was looking at him, and I was like, that's a scripture. That's a scripture. That's scripture. And then he said, thank you. And I looked down real quick so he didn't see me looking at him, right? <laughs> yeah, pray, amen, thank you, all right? And I looked up to my burrito, and I was like, man. I was like, bro, teach me how to do that. And he says, you're, again, another plain question. He says, you already know how. If you're in the word of God, you know how. And it reminded me, because this was like 15 years into my faith, 15 years of walking with God, and I'm still wanting to learn more. Now uh, we are actually starting this church here. And I remember, I, I need to pray like that. But I also remember, wait a second, that's how I learned how to pray. It reminded me to like 15 years ago from that time, 28 years ago from this time, where again, you know my story, I'm sitting in a jail cell and I'm talking to God. And I realized I wasn't getting anywhere with talking at God and I wanted to talk with him. But in order for that, I wanted him to talk to me. And so I opened up his word and I was just asking, okay, God, you know, I didn't randomly, I had, I, by then I had like some scriptures that I was already, you know, in line. I wanted to read these scriptures, these daily scriptures, and he was speaking to me with them. And so I would allow him to speak first and then I would speak. And then I just remember I, I randomly opened, I did randomly open my Bible to the middle and I saw these, this area in the Bible called Psalms. And I started reading through those and I started recognizing these are prayers. These are actual prayers. And then I started reading prayers that David was praying, and I was like, me too. Are you ever read a prayer that's in the Psalms, and you're like, I feel exactly, me too. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to pray that. Is it okay if I steal his prayer, Lord, and just pray this back to you? Because this is exactly how I feel. And I just started praying these Psalms back to God, and that's how I started to learn to pray and approach God. Sovereign, mighty, loving Father who cared about everything that's going on in my messed up head. That we need to learn how to pray, and then we need to keep praying, and then we need to keep learning how to pray. I believe Jesus gives us an amazing outline. I know, you know, 
this, because he does you know, in, in another, it's, I call it an outline of prayer, uh, you know, our Father, Father in heaven, you know what I mean, hallowed be your name, you know, uh, that, that, that's, that's an outline he gives us in this prayer, because earlier in Matthew, he says, don't heap up these empty phrases, and phrases become empty when you just repeat them over and over and forget what you're saying. How many, how many times have you been guilty of, of praying a before meal prayer that's just mindless? And you're like, okay, I know the words to this prayer. And you just pray it because you just want to eat the food. Or somebody asked you to pray. And so he gives us this, this outline, all right, of prayer, all right? And then, and then uh, and, and I know he's leading everyone who's here, and he's going to tell you something different here. But let's just check out what he says. In Luke chapter 11, verse 2, he says this. He said to them, when you come, or when you pray, say, and this word say means to express, all right? Express this. He's not saying, repeat after me. Repeat this and repeat it again. He's not saying that you can't repeat this. He's not saying you cannot say this prayer, but I would challenge you, if you say this prayer, or the one that's even more, more, uh, more there's more to it in, in, in Matthew, all right? There's more there in Matthew. If you say those prayers, know what you're saying, why you're saying it, and know who you're talking to. We'll get there in a minute, all right? But he says, express these thoughts, right? Express these things. Matthew says, pray. Actually, Matthew says, when you pray, pray like this. He says, Father. And I love how he begins with intimacy, that we are allowed with the creator of all things. He, he, he challenges us to this intimacy. Because so many times we're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. If I, yeah, I don't know, man. Or sometimes we're like, hey, man, you know, boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? And he just says, you know, whoa, 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 slow down. When you come and when you pray, remember there is a relationship that is here. And he started it, not you. He started it. Because I know some of us have a problem with, with, with father figures and stuff like that. Some of us didn't have a good example when it came to dads and stuff like that. Well, you know, that's because maybe, you know, they didn't chase after you the way the father does. See, God, our father in heaven came after you. And that's the job of a father. And I've talked to so many kids and I've talked to so many dads. I said, look, at, I've looked at dads in the eye. I says, you know, when my kid isn't, my kid isn't, my kid isn't. And I said, look, bro, it is your job to go after your kid. It's not your kid's job to come after you and beg for your attention. That's not our father. Our father, you have all the attention in the world from our father in heaven. And he is pursuing you with his love, not his rules, with his love. So when you, when, you, when, you, when you pray, he says, say, Father. And then recognize that that relationship does not nullify the respect that is necessary here. Because then he says, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. And this word name basically say, yeah, you're pretty cool, but your name is like pretty awesome. No, the name actually means the whole character of a person in this culture. When you would share a name, that was the whole character of that person. And what you're saying is, God, you know, Father, your whole person is just set apart and holy. He is higher than, than anyone or anything. God is literally all that and immeasurably more. 
And I want to share with you something, and you need to own this phrase right here. We kind of started with this idea, but I want you to own this phrase. I want you to take a picture of it. I want you to write it down. I want you to commit this next phrase to memory because it is so important, and it is simply this. When you pray, begin by focusing on who you're praying to rather than what you're praying about. Think about that. How many times do we come with our list? How many times do we come with what we, I got to talk to you. You know what I mean? But when you pray, he says, begin. This is what he's, this is the idea is expressing right here. When you pray, begin by focusing on who you're praying to. Like when we're singing, man, can we just stop and start over again and focus on who we're singing to? Rather than, what you're praying about. What you're praying about is important and it will come. But begin with our Father. Father, how amazing, how wonderful, how great you are. I, I recognize this. And I'm not just saying words to make him feel like, you know, you know God, is, doesn't, God is not that, that egotistical, narcissistic, you know, I just need you to give me some good, more adjectives here in this prayer. It's us recognizing, no, man, I know that I'm not God. And nobody else is and nothing else in this world is. Only you, Father. Only you. Ecclesiastes, I've shared this with you before and I will share this. Always, I, I found it, I, you know, when I, when, I, when, I went, when I found these scriptures, I, I realized how many times I've read these, but then real, realized I did not listen to what I was saying. And, and in Ecclesiastes, I don't know if you ever read that book, it's a pretty wild book in the, in the scriptures, but in chapter five, verse one, there's some wild instruction here. It says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifices, sacrifice of fools for they don't know that they're doing evil. Guard your steps. He says, walk carefully. I mean, if all we want to do is to be understood, then we're going to have a hard time understanding. To come before God and to seek to be understood is pretty much foolishness because he understands you more than you understand yourself. The wise thing is to approach God ready to listen, willing to hear, and with a commitment to act. When is the last time you approached God? God. We're conditioned debaters, right? Arguers and stuff like that. We are always, in, in conversations, we're always getting ready to say the next thing. All right, well, okay, that's good, but wait till you hear this. All right, my turn, boom, right? Not with God, not with our Father. Stop. He knows you got all this stuff, man, and this craziness that's heavy on your heart and in your life and in the lives of these that you care about, and there's just stuff. He knows it. But draw near, he says, to listen, because he's all about it. He, he, knows, he knows every bit about it. So the wise thing to, 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 is, is, is to approach God ready to listen, Willing to hear with a commitment to act. Habakkuk, all right, a dude in the Bible, he's, he, he, he shared all these complaints like, God, what about this? And what about, where are you at? And then after he shared all those complaints, he stood on the wall and says, okay, I'm gonna wait for you to correct me because I know I, I can't be right about all this. 
So I'm gonna wait for you and I'm gonna listen. Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, don't be rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty. To utter a word, look at, before God. For God is in heaven and you're on earth and therefore let your words be few. He doesn't say you can't pray all night and through the night and stuff like that, but he's saying, you know what? Your prayer shouldn't just be a one-sided, continual conversation. If, if you're praying all night, man, you know what? It's probably because he's got a lot to say that you need to hear. There's times that God will wake me up in the middle of the night, man, too. I don't know if he's ever done it to you. And I'll get up and I'll just start praying. And I'll like, okay, I don't know. And I'm, I don't even know what I'm praying about, Lord. And he's like, it's because I want you to listen. And just sit there with him. And I know sometimes we're like, how do you listen to God? What are you listening for? It, you, you, you know, I will tell you the best you know, help to listening to God is the being in his word. Because the more you're in his word, the more you know his voice. And if you sit there, he speaks to you very consistent, always consistent with his word. And I'll be sitting there and I'll be reminded of a situation. I'll be reminded of a person. I'll be reminded of a hurt that's happening in someone's life that I know. I'll be reminded of that. And I'll be reminded of some scripture and I will put the two together and I will pray those to God. And I'll listen. It's not hard. It's not as hard as you think. You just got to want to know how to do this. You got to want to know these things. He says, don't be hasty or, or with, uh, to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you're on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Come slowly, come respectfully, honoring him, listening to him before knowing, before, you know, listening, him listening to you. He says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. And he says, your kingdom come. Here's where it gets crazy. Your kingdom come. This shows that the prayer isn't a tool just to get what we want. All right? When he, sa- he says, when you pray before your father, all right, your intimacy, all right, hallowed be your name, respect and recognition that he is who it is. Your kingdom come, all right? Your way is better than my way, and so I'm going to wait. All right, your kingdom come shows that, again, that this prayer isn't a tool to get what we want from God, all right? It is a way to get God's, is a way for God's will to be accomplished in us, or be, to be accomplished through us, and to be accomplished around us, okay? Your kingdom come, we're kingdom people, all right? We should be about his kingdom, amen? amen. And so in our prayer, we're recognizing, all right, that, that, that his will which is his kingdom. You know, in, in, in Matthew, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, all right? That's, that's another part of this prayer, all right? And some people say, well, why wasn't it in this one? Because I, I, don't, I believe Jesus is not trying to give you something to repeat after me all the time. He's giving you ideas to really, really pursue and consider and to express from your heart. Your kingdom come. You know, I've heard people say a lot that, the, that there are people all over the world who are praying for God's kingdom in their life and to come into their circumstance, into their pain, into their suffering, and they're seeing no answer. Well, where's God on that? Where's God on that, right? 
We got people suffering all over the world. We got some people suffering in this room, right? We got people who've been suffering, right? And they're praying for God's kingdom in their life. They're honestly praying for God's kingdom come in their life. And there seems to be no answer. Where's, where's God on that? And I would say my answer, my, my, my earthly, my only, my limited brain of thinking, all right, but not limited in God's spirit, all right, I truly believe that, that there are not enough healers that are praying. His, wing, his kingdom come. And you're like, what do you mean by that? I believe that there are too many Christians, too many Jesus people that are satisfied with their own kingdom and thinking that all the comforts that they have accomplished in this world are gifts for them to just enjoy and to relax in, and that's it. I'm not saying it's bad to enjoy your hard, you know, the fruit of your labor. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that, 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 that you know what, when, that's, when it's just there for you and you alone, and you're just praying for more, and you're just thankful for more, that's great, but you know what? I believe healers need to be praying more into the hurt of our people, man, because your, your kingdom come means healers being set loose into the world of hurt, right? If more healers were praying like this, you would see more prayers of the hurt being answered. Amen? Think about it. Because many times, kingdom people are to be the answers to the prayers of hurting people. Kingdom people are to be the answers to the hurt, all right, to, to, to the prayer of many hurting people. Jesus put it like this in Luke chapter 10. We just went over this a few weeks ago. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly, all right, to the Lord of, of the harvest to send out his laborers into the harvest, all right? Your prayer for his kingdom come is a prayer of readiness to be an agent of his kingdom for his glory, to literally be an answer to prayer on his behalf. Have you ever thought about that? People will tell me, man, why is there so much hurt in the world? I believe because the healers have not really recognized that God is calling them to be healers in this world. I love hearing the stories. There's a, some friends from Debbie and I have down in, um, in Phoenix. Well, we, we just met them, all right? And they work, they have this, this ministry called Identifreed, all right? And they literally go out on a bus filled with clothing and stuff like that. I think I might have told you this before. And they go into like some really rough neighborhoods where prostitution is taking place a lot, actually, and a lot of human trafficking just right there in Phoenix is taking place right now, all right? And these men and women of God, all right, take buses loads of clothing and they go into these neighborhoods and they're just like saying, hey, come on in, man. We're going to, you know, you can come and check out these clothing. And they, and they ask, start asking people, do you need to get away from that guy that's waiting outside the bus? And they've had several women say yes. And they just take off. And they've actually been shot at and everything. But they take these women, all right, away from the, the, their traffickers and set them free, all right? And, give them, you know, and then they, they obviously introduce them to Jesus and help them know why they're doing what they're doing. And just, the, the ministry is extremely volatile and, 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 and risky, but they're the healers. This is where God led them to, this is where the, their prayers has led them to heal. This is the labor work that they've been called to do. It's pretty amazing. But this also doesn't mean that God doesn't do miracles. Right? It doesn't mean that God doesn't do miracles. God does his miracles. I mean, uh, I have my grandkids that called me this weekend and asked me to pray for a little family member of theirs that's, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, basically, she's maybe, I think, four days old, little baby. Had these things like uh, cysts and stuff on her liver. Four days old. And they called me and they said, would you pray? 
I said, yes, I'll pray. Let me pray with you right now. And then I put the word out for men and women in our church here, uh, leadership in our church, would you guys pray? And they just started praying. Hey, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. And there was a three-hour surgery, and praise the Lord, man, that little baby is just fine as can be for his glory. God does miracles. All right, but, but I believe also we are his kingdom people being called into this kingdom work. So when we say, you know, Father, acknowledging he's our dad, hallowed be your name, acknowledging his sovereignty, your kingdom come, acknowledging that it is his work and we're, his, we're, we're in it with him. Praise the Lord, amen? And then he says, give us each day our daily bread. All right, this is a community prayer. Do you recognize? It says, give us. He says, says, pray this, give us. He says, pray for the community. Don't just pray for your house. Yes, I know, maybe your bills are are coming and stuff like that, and there's no food and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but, but pray for the rest of the family as well. This is a community prayer. This prayer focuses on the community of faith. It's a kingdom request. And, it, it, you know, and it's not just for bread. It's actually holistically for your needs. One pastor uh, asked a guy, you know, what, you know in this te- context, what is it you need most right now? And the guy looked at him and said, I need a friend. I got no friends. And he said, oh, good luck with that. No, he didn't say. <laughs> Obviously, he became his friend. Right before Christmas, I had a single mom just crying out, just blowing my phone up, right? And uh, I've known this kid since she was the little tiny kid, and now she's, got, she's a mom and just trying to do this on her own, and it's tough for her. And she was like, you know, I got my, I got my bills are paid, and, 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 you know, I got food and, you know, gas in the car, but I've got no, nothing, no presents for my daughter. I don't, I don't know what to do. I've got nothing. You know, just, you know can, can I fill out a form? What do I need to do? And I says, hold on. I called our pastor's. I called all of our pastors and I shared with them the news. Man, next thing you know, we had more than enough money to give this kid, to bless her kid. She was blown away by the generosity of God's kingdom people. I was so amazing. He says, forgive us our trespasses, or forgive us our, our sins as, I get, I get all King James, right? Anyways, forgive us our sins as, uh, for we forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Jesus led us in a prayer that he would soon answer. He led them in a prayer that he's already answered for us, the gospel. He has already given and provided forgiveness of all of our sins. So it wasn't a conditional. Sometimes people read this as a conditional prayer. You know, the only way you're going to be forgiven is if you forgive others. No, you receive that forgiveness so you can forgive others. Amen? How thankful are you for the cross? Think about that. How thankful are you for the cross of Jesus Christ? Forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone, you know what I mean, of of their sins. You know, true and honest thankfulness, check this out. True and honest thankfulness leads the heart, it challenges the mind, and creates action to respond to in kind. As kingdom people, it's up to us to show the world what forgiveness looks like. And so, not to wrap up this prayer, because this is actually going to continue into next week, because there's a lot more we're going to talk about, not with this part, but where he goes from here, because it gets really wild, all right? And then it gets even wilder as we go on. It's going to get pretty crazy in the next few weeks. Great way to start the new year. All right, but then he says... And lead us not into temptation, 
Jesus right now, and then he starts to speak into all of our private lives. He speaks into all of our little secret areas, the things that tempt us, the things that distract us and pull us away. When you give your life completely over to Jesus, immediately, all right, you, bec- you immediately become a changed life surrounded by an unchanged world. Think about that. When you give your life to Christ, immediately you, your life becomes a changed life surrounded by an unchanged world. Your life has just been, you have been forgiven. And because the world around you has not changed like you have changed. Now there are people, Christians and men and women of God whose lives have changed, but there's a whole world that has not just changed. And because of that, we're, 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 we're continually bombarded with temptations to join it back in, to go back in and to be, get back involved or, or new temptations of things that we never thought of before. We're constantly bombarded with this. And we're asking God not to lead us there. What is he, does he do this? Look what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 10 verse 13, all right? No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. Guess what? It is happening all over the world, but God is faithful. Our father is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what? Beyond your ability. In other words, you know, nobody's gonna be trapped by temptation. I couldn't do it. I just had to sin. One time, okay, I'm going to give my son up on this. This is years and years ago when my, my youngest sons, all right, he, he, uh, I, I, I caught him drinking, all right? He was, I think he was this time, he was like 17. I caught him drinking, man, and I was like, you know, I was like, you know, dude, you, you know, this is the first time I caught him drinking. I was going to kind of give him a pass, but I told him, look, there's going to be some, some circumstances here. And he's like, Dad, I couldn't help it. I just couldn't help it. I go, what do you mean you couldn't help it? You could have helped it. He goes, no, Dad, I couldn't help it. I was at this party. This girl took my phone, all right? She wouldn't give it back to me unless I took this drink. And you told me not to, you remember how you taught me not to hit girls, so I wasn't going to hit girls. So I had to take this drink, all right? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> he says, you know, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You know what is the leadership from, from temptation? You know how God leads us not into temptation? Through his word. His word is the way. Through his spirit, all right? That's through. Through his spirit, his word leads us not into temptation. Through the spirit of God. And we're going to get deep into that next week because I know that is a mystery for a lot of people. How does the spirit of God work in the life of a believer? We're going to talk a little bit about that and how to pray into that. But this week, I just want you to do three things. And they're pretty simple. We've already talked about them, so I don't have to expound about them on them. I want you to do uh, one thing, but I want you to do it in three parts. And the one thing I want you to do is, is pray. Obviously, I want you to pray more. I want you to learn to pray more. I want you to, 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 to ask more about prayer. And how, how to pray in three parts is right here. Number one, you've heard me say this before, and I will say this until Jesus comes back. I believe the first prayer that God wants to hear is thank you for the cross. Is receiving the work that he's done on the cross. And when you do that, I want you to ask this question. Who are you withholding forgiveness from right now? After receiving forgiveness, who are now you holding with, withholding forgiveness from? And do that work. And number two, I want you to pray, I'm yours. Thank you for the cross. I'm all yours, God. 
And the question I want you to, to, to provide with, with, that, with that prayer is, where has he been leading you to be an answer to prayer? If you're his and you see hurt and he has made you a healer, even if you're hurting, he still made you a healer. Where has he been leading you to be an answer to prayer? And then finally, number three, give what you have received. Answer this question, who will you teach what you learned about prayer today? Amen? All right, man, it's your turn. Praise the Lord.